Toku Secrets is a podcast run by the Anime Secrets website. Check us out at AnimeSecrets.org for more anime, video game, tokusatsu content. Remember to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts today. Hey guys, I'm Hunter Dino. I'm your pink Dino Fury Power Ranger and your red Cosmic Fury Power Ranger, and you're listening to Toku Secrets Podcast. Welcome to Toku Secrets. Join us as we journey into the marvelous world of Super Sentai, Kamen Rider, Power Rangers, and many other Tokusatsu. Get ready for the adventure of a lifetime. It's Morphin Time! Link to the Morphin. I'm Nathan Desaad, the dazzling adventurer, Spoken Silk. I'm Patrick Allen, I'm Shinkin Red. And I'm Ridwan Merton. Go Kai Red. And I'm Anthony Davis. Also known as Cure You Green. And we're Toku Secrets. What is going on? Welcome everyone to episode 123 of the Toku Secrets podcast. We got the whole gang on here today because guess what? Just a couple of days ago, um, you know, uh, over the weekend when, you know, when we were recording this, the last episode of Osama Sentai King Ogre dropped. And we are going to be reviewing the last five episodes. That's 46 through 50 and then we're going to give our final grade on the show and then maybe later down the road we're still debating over whether or not we're going to do this but spoiler alert this has turned out to be a really good sentai and now riz is trying to make us do a versus with shit but we're not telling them what oh you already did never mind well okay too late (laughs) yeah but uh we'll get to that when we get to it yeah um so we got a lot to talk about um, you know, uh, not not just because we're all, I mean, yes, we're only reviewing five episodes, but we're looking at the whole series. So this is going to be a pretty big uh, podcast. So uh, let's jump right in. Uh, we're going to give a brief recap of everything that happened last time, which uh, the last batch of episodes was like, was absolutely insane. Uh, uh, so... Rockless was made into one of Dog Dead's new gestures after he defeated Gear in battle. But then it turned out uh, he actually turned on Dog Dead. Uh, he revealed that back when he was originally crowned king 17 years ago, he wanted to destroy Dog Dead by any means necessary. <clears throat> that had been the mission of his royal family for 2,000 years. And that was le- that led him to becoming evil because he sought a power um, you know, strong enough to defeat Dog Dead, and he and Gira were able to defeat Dog Dead. But you know, unfortunately, Dog Dead is like a god, so I mean, you can't defeat him that easily. Uh, we actually find out that Gira is a child birthed from Dog Dead. He used like god powers, like to he basically impregnated the Shu Godom Queen to turn Gira into like some Jesus baby or something like that, and uh, and. Or okay, kind of like how the Force impregnated Shmi Skywalker to get to give birth to Anakin Skywalker, I guess you could say. Uh, That's a better comparison. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and um, that uh, you know, and Rackless loved Gira as his brother, even though he was viewed as just a tool to stop Dog Dead by Rackless's father. Um, the King Odris found out that they had a grand power hidden in Kingdom Heirlooms from the original heroes 2000 years ago. And these were heroes that they used to seal the Bugnarok away. And they reactivated their alliance to become one with the team and unlock this power. And they're able to use it 
they wanted to use it against Dom Dead to take to take the fight to him. And uh, so far, uh, the King Ogres have destroyed two of Dom Dead's jesters, that being uh, Hirubiru and Minongan. Um, so Dog Dead's jesters, which were previously seen as unkillable, are now actually mortal. So let's jump into uh, episode 46, Know the Beauty of Life. Um, this is mostly uh, kind of, you know, some of the recent, um, you know, defeating jester episodes have been kind of, you know, a mix where like there was one episode kind of dedicated to Yanma with Gira mixed in a little bit. Then the previous one was a Rita and Kaguragi episode. Well, this one is Jeremy and uh, Imeno. Um, they team up to stop Grody, um, where um, where Himeno realizes that her power can't kill Grody. She has the power to harness life, and you know, and she can't kill Grody because Grody is already dead. Like he's basically a zombie, and. Jeremy discovers that he inherited a power that has given him eternal life. That's a that's his power, and it was a crystal inside of his chest. And Jeremy and Jimeno, they mourn their parents, and it's especially big for uh, Jimeno since Brody is responsible for killing her parents. And they come up with a plan to defeat Brody, um, and what they do is they implant Jeremy's uh, crystal into uh into Grody after they extracted from him and they give him life but unfortunately this ends up backfiring just a little bit because uh Grody is now completely empowered and he starts unleashing a new swarm of shoe gods onto the world and ladies and gentlemen we got God's Wrath 2.0 so uh I just ended up speaking for a little bit I know this is technically a two-parter but uh let's pause a little bit what do we think about this episode 46 guys I'm going first and I just want to say that last time we did a King Ogre podcast, I made a prediction about what this episode would be, specifically this episode. And guess what? I'm 100% correct in what I said. For those that don't remember, I'm the one that said in this episode, we're going to have the big revelation of Himeno and Jeremy's power, and there'll be an episode dealing with that. And guess what? Riz is right. But to the more important, awesome. but to the more, more important part, because this isn't about Rizvi and Wright, except for that that's a really cool thing to be doing. Um, I I just love this episode of the two of them getting the chance to bond like this and to mourn their parents. And honestly, this stuff with Himeno really, really hits hard. Like just the stuff she deals with, the stuff she goes through. That's some hard-hitting stuff. And then Jeremy on top of that, and then Grody as well. Like, Grody was such a fantastically interesting villain here because he's not a typical villain. He he can't die. And I think he kind of yearned death in a way. Yeah, yeah I found like, him to be... Go ahead, Patrick. Yeah, like that scene after... Uh, she removed his crystal and they were standing on the balcony just like letting out the emotions was like it was one of those scenes of few words that said a lot because Jimena almost felt like she was killing Jeremy and Jeremy felt like this 
like release like he was finally amongst everyone else on a on a certain level and yeah <laughs> no yeah i mean that he he definitely i think he felt lighter in a way yeah oh yeah <clears throat> because you could tell it like when he spoke about it earlier that immortal felt like what did he what did the term he used lonely lonely and yeah now lonely yeah and now he's got that weight off his shoulder it, it was yeah it was like they didn't say much do it but you could see it in their eyes what everything meant to them it was yeah it was good stuff yeah i, I liked how this episode kind of tackled the uh like i mean there are so many people who think oh wouldn't it be cool to be immortal and all that and honestly i mean being immortal doesn't always sound as peachy as you know, it sounds, and there's a lot of, you know, shows that I've seen go through this type of thing, like net shows and things like, uh, like in Lord of the Rings, you have the whole thing between uh, Arwen and Aragorn, where Arwen loves Aragorn, but she's immortal, Aragorn isn't. And like, you love people, but here's the thing, I mean, you're going to keep on going, and you're going to see people that you know and love die and you're not going to have them anymore. And I've never seen Sentai tackle that. And I think Sentai, the first, and I don't know, maybe they do it in some of the other ones. I can assure you that they don't do it in the show era. But um, like, I mean, um, at this point, Nate, you've seen everything up until Tokyo user. Yeah. Like with no gaps. So if you haven't seen it in like what, 39 or 40 seasons. I mean, are you going to really see it now? Probably not. And <laughs> the first time Sentai tackles it, they tackle it in the most perfect way. Yeah. Like, I really like it. Yeah, I was getting a lot of vibes from um, Rachel Ghoul here with the whole oh, dude, being alive, yeah. being oh, alive yeah. for a long time starts driving him crazy. Now, I know a lot of that has to do with the Lazarus Pit and the, the side effects of uh, jumping into it, but there's so many uh, incarnations of him where he basically just admits that being alive for like what the two, three hundred years or so that he's been alive canonically is screw with him mentally. And like, I, I can imagine that, like, even like Jeremy and Grody, like the toll it's taken on the two of them. And you could just, like I said, you could just see how relieved Jeremy was. When he had that taken off of him, so it was. It's it's a lot to think about, <laughs> like yeah. the messages and meanings behind yeah. this episode. And honestly, I might say this more than once tonight, but watching this episode, I forgot I was watching a Super Sentai. Yeah, King Oger a... has a ton of those types of episodes. We've had a lot of episodes like that, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be making a comment at least yeah. <laughs> four more times. Hint: every episode from here on out. Yeah, yeah, like that, yeah, like that Kaguragi episode yeah. where he <laughs> encounters his uh, like predecessor. Like, you know, my wife is right now watching a show on Hulu that's all about like the samurai um, life called Shogun. Honestly, dude, I need to watch that. That's on yeah, Hulu the, now, yeah. That that Kaguragi episode I heard was good. Like it would be more suited for Shogun, not Sentai. So, but uh, what do we want to give episode? Uh, well, Anthony, what do you? Episode? Oh, I, I 
Yeah, leave me out, right? <laughs> no, um, no, no, you're good, you're good. I'm messing, I'm messing, I'm messing, I'm joking. Um, no, but honestly, the episode was actually really good. Um, one thing to note here, I know you probably guys probably don't remember this, but like way earlier in the season, in the season, um, Himeno and Jeremy's relationship actually is intriguing to me because at the beginning, she actually wanted him dead at one point because she thought he was responsible for what happened with the oh, God's wrath and all that. Yeah, now they're uh-huh. the two fights. Yeah, yeah. I know, so now their relationship really side, grew so from that. Stop the guy who actually did it. Yeah, it's, it's, that, that's the kind of subtle writing that this season yeah. has done incredibly well. The, the simple... Yeah. Yeah, I'm so glad I remember that. Yeah, of all people to have, yeah, I'm glad I remember that. That's actually perfect. <laughs> oh yeah, but um, overall, it was an entirely fantastic episode from start to finish. Um, and it was interesting how her ability, it like you know, was because we we talked, you talked about it briefly, but like I just love the fact that it's literally like her, like she when she. She uses her ability. It looks like a scythe, like a death scythe, whatever. Because get it, she's a you know, uh, praying mantis. So like it's it. So like it looks like a scythe. So when she's cutting it, it looks like she's reaping souls. Hence the yeah. How ironic is it that people, whatever Jimeno and her kind of main antagonist in the series, their main weapons are both scythes. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ironic. <laughs> uh, what do we want to get 46 out of 10, guys? Nine. Yeah, I'm going nine, too. Nine. Nine. Cool. I'll give it nine. Nine's all around. All right. Now let's move on to uh, 47, which uh, 47 is kind of a – it's part of the two-parter because we, we can probably say that, like, the next episode is where the in-game arc officially begins. Um, so um, – mm-hmm. Yeah. So this picks up from where the previous episode left off. Uh, you know, God's Wrath 2.0 is imminent. And uh, most of the episode revolves around the King Ogers trying to evacuate the people. Um, you know, they alert everyone about the impending God's Wrath. And they open up these tunnels to help people escape to Jeremy's kingdom. You know, the underground Rift Kingdom, where the uh, where Bugnarok people live. Um, during the evacuation, Gira and Rackless encounter this woman who's very resentful of Rackless because she lost her family in the original God's Wrath and uh, Rackless failed her, failed her, that's why she lost her family and Rackless begs the woman for forgiveness because you know, he convinces her to evacuate and uh, you know, very emotional scene, very powerful scene and uh, he vows that he'll fight alongside the King Odris to right the wrong that he made 17 years ago everyone gets evacuated all seven King Ogers come together and form God King Oger. They confront Grody and, you know, uh, they're given the power to defeat Grody because, you know, Grody, Grody basically craves death. Like he wants to be dead. Like he craves the silence of death. And uh, while the King Ogers, they want to preserve and celebrate life. And that gives them po- the power to defeat Grody and... This is where we get some very poetic justice for Grody. After he gets killed, he finds himself in the land of the dead. Um, it's given an official name. I can't remember what the name of it was, but uh, 
He found he finds himself in the land of the dead, and he's thinking like, "Oh wow, I'm finally dead. I can finally just live in silence and peace." And then all these people start like, you know, annoying him and all that, and he's just really like, "Oh no, death isn't nearly as quiet as I expected." No, like there's like really poetic justice there, and. The episode ends as the King Ogres cheer on their victory because guess what? Not a single person was killed in God's Wrath 2.0. Great success. So first, just to add on to your notes there, Nate, the place mm-hmm. you're thinking of is called Hakabaka. Hakabaka. And that's the main premise of the uh, King Ogres movie that comes like 20, 30 episodes before it is. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah. So yeah. we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the movie a little bit more oh, okay. in the end game of this, but okay. I, I just want to throw it out there now. So um, this is, yeah, I should probably watch that. I didn't realize that this was going to be a Sentai where you kind of have to watch the movie to get dude, a certain. I, I found out. I didn't either. I was I like, the finale last night, and then while talking to a mm-hmm. former member of this podcast, aka, aka. Ronald Bubsy. Um, he mentioned <laughs> that the end game doesn't make as much sense without the movie. And so I went and watched the movie and I was like, he's not wrong. How long is the movie? 40 minutes. Okay. Yeah, it's oh. yeah, I should check that out. I, I mean, two episodes. <laughs> I mean, the only Sentai that I think we've reviewed thus far where you kind of have to see a movie in order for it to make sense is Gokaiger because the Go Sager crossover movie is where they get like a bunch yeah. of Rampat powers that well, we don't see the, them. I mean, the Shin Kenja movie introduced uh, the, the um, Kyoryu Maru Maru, which did play a role loosely in the series at the end. But I don't think we watched it for the mm-hmm. podcast, did we? No. Yeah, but they, I, I, they summa- I summarized it for you, but. Yeah. Yeah. I right. still watched it, though. They also had an episode context. that was like a sequel to the movie. Yeah. That allows you to understand the movie if you didn't yeah. necessarily watch it. Yeah. I mean... Because the movie was literally just like an episode long... I'll be honest, you know, and this is getting a little bit ahead episode. of ourselves, but I'll be quick and honest about this. The King Odzer movie adds a lot, but I feel the Endgame arc... Mm and the last couple episodes we're reviewing tonight do a good enough job to explain it and give you the context you need to be able to fully enjoy the finale. Yeah. I, I never felt myself lost in the three final yeah. episodes anyway. So. Right. Me neither. But anyway, back to silence. God. Um, I just want to start by saying, I think Nathan hit another really good point about just being poetic justice for Grody. But the way I imagine this being more poetic than what Nathan explained is that I I imagine Grody hearing the voices of the people he killed and hurt throughout his career as this jester person, and now they're all haunting him in the afterlife. Yeah. So he 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 deserves. What he deserves. It. And I gotta say, I, I really like seeing all seven King Ogers come together to pilot God King Ogre and just the amount of synergy they have to work together like that and to pull off 
zero death from a god's wrath is pretty awesome to me. Yeah. Also, I do like the yeah, scene definitely. where oh man, I forget her name now. The little girl that uh, Gira was childhood friends with. One of and, the I forgot her name too. Oh man. What is it? Yeah. I don't remember Kogane? her name. But... Yeah. Oh yeah. But anyway, um, I really appreciate the scene yeah. where C and Zermi have that moment where they're talking down down in yeah. the caves. That was a strong moment. Yeah. Honestly, Jeremy oh, and yeah. the Bugnarok, that scene where Jeremy was like you see that that what's that feeling of that you feel for helping people and the Bugnarok guys were like happiness and Jeremy was like, Yeah, keep doing things to feel that way and then after this going forward, you see the Bugnarok citizens actively helping the rest of the people of yeah. Shaku. And it's like, I've been waiting to see this happen ever yeah. since Jeremy took over. It was nice to see the yeah. Bugnarok the officially, yeah, finally flip sides officially. Well, it's not only that, but also yeah. Jeremy had been working on his kingdom in secret. We hadn't really seen what he'd been doing, but you mm -hmm. can tell... He laid the groundwork, and yeah. I mean, just the simple fact that all six main King Ozards had the foresight to have been planning these type of things just in case they're ever needed. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's also really amazing mm -hmm. that they were able to do that, despite all their petty differences of, oh, well... You do this, you do that. Like, you know, all the typical royal stuff. Like, at the end of the day, they, they, that's so they truly cared for their people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also want to talk about the scene, or just uh, Rackless in general in this episode, because that scene where he was basically getting scolded for having a hand in killing that woman's family and he got on his knees kneeled apologized and let gira like talk her into like accepting you know and like accepting his help or something and then he helped her up onto her wheelchair again and then gira gave him his blade back as like a sign of like almost like an honorary member of the king ogers because after this he he henchens a lot, fine, and I was hoping hoping we'd see more of him, yeah, doing this. But it, this was kind of like, like a shining moment for him, to kind of like. Yeah, I'll add on to it, Nate. Um, Patrick. Um, I feel like 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 him like you're giving him the sword yeah. back was like yeah exactly you earned it you know it's like yeah, one like, of those like, things like, like, like lay out and gave it to him. I had this. I had this stupid smile on my face. I was like, finally, I'm happy for this yeah. guy. After I spent all season wanting to strangle mm -hmm. my bare hands, now I'm happy for him. He, he, he yeah, finally really gets right. <laughs> so it's like, man. And when I was when I was smiling, I was also thinking in my head, like, man, remember when I thought that this guy was like the worst human being in the world, and I just wanted to punch him in the face? Oh, yeah, times. Yeah. Like, Unlike. Anthony is absolutely favorite character ever. There it is. Rio, yeah. Ha, I got it right. Screw you. 
<laughs> Damn, I didn't trigger Anthony. No, you did. You did. No, no. I, I said, I, I, I said, okay. I said, I, I said my. Piece. Oh no, you made it manual. People saying stuff out loud. You're saying it in here. Oh, that, but it's not good enough until I hear it out loud. Yeah. Pretty much. Oh yeah, pretty much. Anthony yeah. was straining himself internally. <laughs> See, An- Anthony has more restraint than I do. Yes, we know. <laughs> if you if you ever seen uh, Team Four Stars, uh, Dragon yeah. Ball uh, Z, uh, or Bridge, then you, you remember that scene where Trunks oh, yeah. was like screaming <laughs> internally because Bulma was like freaking like, with smiling. him, whatever. <laughs> that, that's that's me right so, now. So you mean you're pulling a Rita? <laughs> Yeah, I had to be screaming for that, for that to be effective. Yeah, like actually screaming. Uh, what do we want to get? Forty-seven out of ten, guys. Nine. Yeah, same I'm holding the ten. We're holding. I'm holding the tens because get because. Mm, just woof. Yeah, just just. All right. Yeah. Uh, they're all gonna be tens, by the way. All my all my scores will be tens, by the all way. All right, now we're gonna move on to episode forty-eight. Farewell, dear people. This is where the end game arc begins. Um, so we're actually we actually begin with a flash forward. Um, you know, all of Shaku has basically been leveled, and Gira gets up in the middle of you know the destroyed town. The other King Ogres are lying unconscious, and he confronts Dog Dead. Then we flash um, back to the pre- to the present. Um, Yanma explains that he has a plan to unleash King Oger's final form, but it's going to take some time because it has to be unlocked by all six of their powers. And unfortunately, they don't have Jeremy's eternal life because they use that to defeat Grody. But before they can, Dog Dead arrives and he starts, you know, just beating the King Ogers down and, um, you know, just easily defeating them, walking right through them. And there's not enough time to unleash the new weapons, so the King Ogres have to execute Plan Zero. They're going to move to evacuate the people of Shaku. Uh, the rest of the episode mostly revolves around, uh, you know, the people of Shaku. Like we see Kogane, uh, you know, uh, Gira's two friends, uh, Sebastian, um, all of Gira's ga- uh, Yanma's gang, sorry, and uh, so on and so forth. Um, they gather behind Rackless. They're going to enter the Kakas. Uh, Takasas uh, Kabuto to evacuate, and through the King Ogre's heirlooms that uh, they gave the heirlooms to their assistants, the people are shown pre-recorded messages of the six saying they were too late to stop Dog Dead, and they're sending the people to a new planet to rebuild, but the people say, no, we don't want to, uh, you know, we don't want to go somewhere else. We want to stay here, we want to make a stand, and we want to fight Dog Dead. Um, now they get attacked by Kira Jim. Kira Jim was disguising himself as one of the Shu Godem people. I can't remember that guy's name, but he's been in like every episode. He's like this bigger guy who screams I just, really loudly. I just called him that annoying guy. I don't care what his real name is. <laughs> he's still annoying to this day. Like, I don't hate him as much as I hate other people, like, especially you know who, but he annoyed he annoyed me so bad. And I was like, oh, like, but this time. Yeah, I actually didn't mind him because because his yeah. annoyance. Yeah, his annoyance actually helped here because like the real guy shows up and he's just like, "Don't get imposter!" And then they're all like, "Yep, he's louder." That's the big one. I love that his loudness. Yeah, that's, it's, it's how louder. No, no, it was, was like the kid. Really the kid was the one that said yeah. that. <laughs> like, I love how the kid's like, 
He's the one. He's louder. I'm like, this kid is amazing. Yeah, yeah that one over there is way too calm to be the, the real amazing. guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because um, <laughs> something was off. I was just noticing. I was like, he's a lot more calm than usual. I was like, hmm, something seems off. But then um, I, I paid no mind. And then I was like, wow. I actually was when right you play the Among Us in my turley. <laughs> Sus. You know, it it reminds me of that of this episode of Deck Ranger. Uh, This was actually directly adapted into an SPD episode. It's that one where uh, the monster switches bodies with Sky. Like uh, in the Deck Ranger episode, it's actually a much Uh funnier moment because, like, Bond says to uh, Hoji, the monster's pretending to be Hoji, is all like, "Hey, let's take this guy down, partner." And then Hoji is all like, "Yep." Let's do it, partner. And then Bond is all like, wait a minute. Every time I call you partner, you tell me not to call you partner. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, that episode was actually a bit more entertaining. I, I like SPD more than Decker Ranger, but that episode in particular, I think, is better than the SPD. How in the world did they not realize it wasn't him? To this day, I don't understand how that's we'll possible. Be- like, like, well, I, I don't know. I know it's not. This is SPD, but I mean, I'm just gonna get out of the way because I, I have to. Like, it just it, it bothered me. I was like, even Jack didn't notice it. I was like, come on, man. Do you not yeah, know your partner? Just like, just come give on. him. To- just give him toast. Okay, ran, okay, be the best over. way to figure out if it's the real bridge or not. <laughs> if he doesn't do this, yeah. if he doesn't that do part. the buttery <laughs> thing, then you shoot him in the face because <laughs> you know he's not the real. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> If Sid doesn't doesn't go around wanting to shop all the time, uh, if Z, I'm trying, that Z might be difficult because it's not really a character. There's a characteristic. She has characteristic, but I don't know what what would trigger her be to, to be a to be you know not herself. We'll get to that. When we do. I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll get, maybe we'll get, to get herself. Do. I don't know. Um, but going back to this episode, yep. um, so they get they get attacked by Kara Jim. But then uh, Desnarak, um, he actually appears out of the portal of the. Hold on, I'm gonna get this name right. Hakabaka, gotcha. Okay, Hakabaka. He actually appears and he, you know, vows vengeance against Kara Jim. And uh, the episode ends with, um, you know, the King Ogers. They they're defeated by Dog Dead, and he unleashes this like shower of fireballs from the sky that just levels the entire world of Shaku. And the episode ends as Gira. Pretty much, it ends where we started. Gira confronts Dog Dead and vows that he'll defeat him. Uh, so what do we think about Forty Eight, guys? I gotta say, I talk about it very often when we're doing these kind of podcasts about how a villain's threat value determines how much I enjoy stuff like this. And Dog Dead like threat mm. factor at this point, the stocks are rising like crazy. Like you the inflation in the world, you can't even calculate it with any Western mathematics. It's just too fastly it's moving too quick. Like he literally just made a crazy amount of damage and a crazy amount of threat to make it so that maybe the King Odors won't win. Like, I was actually kind of wondering, how are they going to win mm. from this? This is insane. 
So, I, I, I just got to say, this episode is phenomenal. Yep. The, like, I remember when we first got introduced to Dog Dead and we were saying that, like, he was, like, a Thanos or Galactus-level villain. Like, this is showing that he really is living up to his reputation. Well, when we get to the next episode, you're going to see how true that statement really is, Nate. Yes, mm-hmm. we are. Because oh, holy okay. you-know-what. Yeah, definitely. I mean... No, holy marvelous. Yeah, holy I'm just gonna. I want to bounce Crap off basket. that and skip ahead to the next episode mm-hmm. before I get to my point. But man, you could really feel the End Game, Avengers End Game inspiration for this film. Yes, it's it wasn't I even. Not, it's it's not, not even say the same thing. It's not even subtle. No, it's like uh. it's like Japan <laughs> was like taking notes on American cinema, and was like, okay, so somehow we got to recruit the scene. Go. Yeah, but um, I think my favorite, and and this is, I think I mentioned this a couple of podcasts ago when we were talking about King Oger, and I said that I loved how each king has an inner circle, like a group of characters that they um they have with them, and how they establish their character, kind of, you know, built up their relation to their king. And all this stuff. And I was wondering when, like, and I, I was saying that this is having, this is paying dividends because it's making this world feel more alive when you have their inner circles be full on characters. And this episode really brought that together when they were given the, um, like, basically the heirlooms and saying, well, we're probably going to die here. You take these, go to another world and take our place and, you know, keep the, keep everybody safe, keep everybody alive and try to continue the plans to kill dog dad at a later time. And I I don't think this moment would have worked if these characters weren't as prominent and as fleshed out as they had been all season long, because, um, I, I can't remember all their names, but, uh, gear is a guard of arms, uh, Rita's, friend uh the butler and uh yeah and yeah all of them it's payoff for them to sit here and look at this and like no we don't we were we we don't want this thrust upon us we don't want to have to go anywhere and it, it shows that they they're not just side characters they are there is just as much a part of the story as the King Ogers were. And then for them and Rackless to stand there and be like, this is what the Kings are asking of us, but that's not what we want to do. And that's not for the best of us. So let's turn around and go help them out. This is reward for this season's incredible world building. Yeah. And I, I love that whole scene of them watching the move, the, video of them explaining the situation and having all of them say nah we're not doing this <laughs> we're, we're going back and helping uh-huh. and that's probably the the key moment in this episode to me and i loved it it was definitely a very impactful moment to see them that dedicated that loyal that brave mm-hmm. because you gotta imagine i mean these guys don't have the armor 
that they can magically Henson into. They yeah. they just have literally pitchforks, maybe a, a bale of rice, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they're literally just farmers and peasants, but you got to think. This is a big testament to the rule of all six kingdoms. Mm-hmm. You know, because on the surface, Yanma tries to act like he doesn't give a flying you-know-what. Himeno acts like he is the center of the universe at the, on base level. But when you really dig down and you see how they interact with their people, how they treat their people, the people recognize that while they might be, you know, in the servitude or in the kingdom of these people, they matter. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, that's more than I can say for most any country in the real world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, and yeah. this honestly goes back to um, a point that I brought up in Shinkenger when we were talking about it. Why are we following this specific group of King Ogers? And it's not because they won, it's because why they won. It seemed like a lot of the other rulers were corrupt in some way and were selfish and seemed like they were a bigger cause of the divide between the nations than the uniting of those nations. But these six were going against the mold, just like how the old just the current Shinkenders that we followed were going against the established mold of their roles. And lo and behold, they're the ones that pulled through because they had the entire world behind them, which there's nothing saying that the previous King Ogers had that luxury. And well, that led to their eventual victory. So it, it did. And also, if you think <clears throat> about it, Senkinger broke the mold of the samurai way a little bit, too. Exactly. Like, they didn't just follow all the traditions. They questioned stuff. They did stuff their own way. Yeah. When like, I always bring up Ryosuke being the one to land the killing blow on Dokaku. Previous teams, that would not have gone. You couldn't have yeah, gotten no. a that. Like, every character in King Ozer had their moment to sign throughout mm-hmm. the season. It, it's not like in Time Ranger, I'm sorry guys, but it's not like in Time Ranger when we ignore Yuri for 90% of the season and Tatsuya doesn't get good until, I don't know, episode 25, 30, something mm-hmm. like that. Like, each of these characters, for the most part, had their time to sign. And yeah, I didn't think Gira was all that special in the beginning. But the thing you realize about Gira as you look back on it is he always had the heart to do greatness. He always mm-hmm. wanted to do right by the people. Yeah, he had that annoying laugh. Ah, ha, 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 I'm the evil king. Like, I know he was all, like, annoying with that stuff. But it was his way to project to his people that... He's different than the last king. That he's different from the king that came before that king. Because all the other kings hid their evilness and tried to persuade them that they knew better because they wanted to maintain power. Gera didn't give a flying, you know, what about power? 
And that's even more exemplified, in my opinion, in that movie that y'all haven't seen yet. Like, there are some scenes in that movie where they, um, where they talk about it, and Gareth's like, yeah, I, I want to rule this place in my own way to support the people. And that is a huge thing. And I mean, that's something all six of them had. I mean, look at Jeremy, for God's sake. The guy took over the villains, basically, and made them legitimately good characters. And I just cannot say enough good stuff about the entire cast. I mean, Nate and I were talking this afternoon via text on and off, but they they have a lot of breaking the tier list that we've been making all this time. Like, yeah. our tier list have been shattered by this season. But what I, what I really want to give a shout-out with this episode is how, like, I know that we just started talking about the cast and all, but I love how, like, honestly, like, 80% of this episode isn't really about the King Ogres. It's about the people yeah. wanting to rise up. And I feel like that's <laughs> that's what kind of makes me think that, like, this is, like, probably the best, like, first episode of an in-game arc I've ever seen. Because mm-hmm. they could have easily just made this, like, one 20-minute episode where, like, Oh no, the King Ogres are battling against Dog Dead and he's too powerful. What are they gonna do? But and that's there, but it's glanced over because the series kind of knows we've already kind of done a good job at establishing that this guy is like an invincible god, so we don't have to waste so much time, you know, yeah, pointing showcasing how powerful this guy is. Like like, we've already established that this guy is so powerful that he could kill, I mean, I guess the most powerful villain in Power Rangers is, like, Dark Spectre. Like, he could kill Dark Spectre by just flicking his pinky at Dark Spectre or something like that. Like, Okay, literally, he's Thanos. Yeah, exactly. And I do want to bring up something else that just made me laugh, and I feel like Anthony would greatly appreciate this reference. The scene in the beginning of the episode where they're discussing building the new mech combination and they talk about like this being a mech to battle a god i got severe tengen topa gurren lagan vibes from this anthony i knew he was gonna say that because i was thinking the exact same thing dude dude <laughs> the entire time that is going on mm. i'm like i wonder how big this mech's gonna get Will this mech become as big as a galaxy? Is this yeah. mech gonna about to take actual galaxies and throw them like throwing stars? Is that gonna happen here? Mm-hmm. Are we gonna have that level of epicness in a Sentai? Like again, I forget we're watching right. a Sentai. This feels like a freaking anime. Okay, I'm done. What? What do we want to get? Forty-eight out of ten. <laughs> ten. 10. Yeah. 10, 10 out of 10. I, I kind of have to. Them gear stocks. I was going to say 9.5 because I wanted to save my 10s, but no, you know what? No. Everybody's giving this 10. No. I'm giving it no. no. We're right at the no. end. No, we're, we're at the end. All the way Just through. let it all out. everywhere. Look. Look. Hey, this is the time. So okay. I said this in the. I was, I was gonna make... Oh, go ahead. No, really you're, comment, uh, well, I promise you have a chance to make your point still. 
<laughs> All I'm gonna say is, Nate, this isn't okay. the time to be a okay. reviewer <laughs> and like hold your tens because something better is coming. This is your time to be a fan and say, hell yeah, this season was amazing. Yep. So let it out, baby. All right, Anthony, you have the floor. I'm going to set up now. I'm going to mute. <laughs> no, no. what I was going to say was that uh, I said this, on, I said this in, uh, on Instagram. I was like, yeah, the gear of stocks are so high, I could literally buy 20 managers. If they were real, I could literally buy 20 managers with it. Like, yeah. When you said that in the group chat earlier, Anthony, I stopped to think about the statement you made in relation to our red tier list. Because, you know, I finished the season last night, but I hadn't really thought about the red tier. I was more focused on the other colors. Yeah. But, dude, his stocks really did mm -hmm. rise. I mean, he may not be the top red. <laughs> He's still pretty freaking awesome, though. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, he already he already pretty much beat Momot um Don Momotaro, and I watched this season last time. But I was like, eh, but now I'm like, yeah, this dude yeah. definitely topped him. And I mean, I when he started off, he was like a C tier red in the beginning for me, like for like twenty episodes at least. Yeah. All right, let's move on to uh, episode 49. The Kings are here. Uh, we pick up where we left off previous episode. Uh, Gira confronts Dog Dead. Uh, he loses his spirit when um, the um, <clears throat> when the castle crashes after taking it off. After taking off, and you know, Dog Dead is like, <laughs> "Kira Jim killed your people," <laughs> but you know, we all know that that didn't happen. Uh, the people of Shaku they're led by Rackless, and this this is where the in game stuff where they're clearly trying to mimic what in-game did but i'm not gonna complain because they do it pretty dang good so i'm no one's complaining about that uh and i don't know this really just showcases how dog dead really is thanos um um you know they all arrive they they help their respective kings get up and they announce we're staging a rebellion against all of your wishes because we want to revolt against dog dead too uh, Dog Dad unleashes an army of bug monsters and shoe gods, um, you know, Gira and Rackless. Uh, basically, I mean, they do exactly what Cap what Cap did in Endgame. They say Avengers assemble, and then they charge forward. Um, and, um, you know, they engage Dog Dead's forces. Huge all-out battle that, I mean, I don't know what else to say. Uh, and uh, the other King Ogres have to recover. Um Dog Dead gains the upper hand briefly, but thankfully uh, the ruler of Hakabaka, uh, Devonica, she arrives with several dead allies of the King Ogres. Uh, we have King, we have Himeno's parents, we have uh, Boshimaru, uh, you know, an old, uh, that that person from Shugotam that uh, Kirijin was imitating. Um, we have uh, Rita's mentor, Karasu, uh, Desnarak, Jeremy's mother. Um, the other King Ogres, they're recovering while uh, Karasu and uh, I can't remember what her name was. Uh, the woman that was uh, Kaguraki's predecessor. Uh, it starts with an S. But um, but yeah, she comes in and 
they transform into Papil- into Papillion and Hachioger, respectively, to assist. Uh, so we get to see what the uh, Hachioger's suit looks like in a female version. First time since I think think since Gokadger, I think where we've been able to see like the female alternative of a suit. That's pretty cool. Um, the uh, the fight rages on. The King Ogres regroup on the sidelines. They've regained their fighting spirit, and um, the undead body of Rackless's ancestor, the uh, founding king of Shugodam, Rhyneal uh, Husty. Uh, he arrives from the land of the dead, and he engages Dog Dead in battle. But then everybody disappears because the door to Hakabaka has reached its limit, and the King Ogres are motivated by the Husty ancestor that life will continue eternally. And they all take up arms and they basically say, okay, Dog Dead, you have to, you have to uh, fight us. Final battle is about to begin. Let's go. Let's go, bitch. And that's how the, uh, and that's how this episode ends. Now, before we get into the analysis part, Nate, I'm going to do a quick summary of the movie. Because I mm-hmm. think the movie is going to help bridge some of the gap here. Okay. So, the King Ozer movie, uh, Adventure Heavens, I think it's called, or Ad- Heaven Adventure, one of the one of the two. Um, the movie is set in that little time gap we have after part one of King Ozer. It's mm-hmm. basically set to be Gira's coronation to become a king, and you you find out that when a person is to become the king of that kingdom, they have to be taken back to the land of the dead to learn the real history of Sikyu. So they're transported back to this world of the dead. And I'm not going to give too many spoilers away. That, that's the extent of the spoilers, really. But in this world, they encounter... King Rionel, they encounter Kagaraki's uh, predecessor. Himeno meets her parents. So a lot of the stuff that we're seeing here, including the lady in the red dress, she has significance to Rugira. So all of these different characters get a chance to meet people from their life that help kind of form where they are today. And so when you see these characters come out to help, it's not just because they're like from the same kingdom or the same people. They had a personal connection in each case. So quite literally, this is an endgame level thing because in the endgame's portal scene, you have, you know, every minor character come out to help because they all had an impact in some way. You see Thor's uh, Valkyrie friends like Sif and all them. You see all the minor guardians of the galaxy. You see Ant Man. You see all these other people who are kind of in and out of the universe. They don't really matter as much, but they all had a role to play. Yes. Just like here. And so <clears throat> that's kind of the context at a high level. There's a lot more to it than that that I'm leaving out. But I wanted to give that context because I felt like it's important for y'all to know it. Yeah, that makes sense, and that's cool. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out. I don't normally watch the uh, like the side movies. Like, I haven't even seen a Go Codgers like Ghost Ship movie, to be honest. But I did that. 
Okay, well, I'm sure that one's good too. But right. yeah, that that might be a movie that I might feel that might be a Sentai movie that where I'm kind of willing to like break my I don't know. I like watching the crossover movies, but not the actual movies. Yeah, I would like to actually do a podcast on that movie at some point, give it its due diligence because I feel like that movie had a lot going for it that we're not able to hit on today. Yeah, totally. That would be great. But uh, I talked a good bit there. Nate talked a good bit. Pat, Anthony, y'all can go first talking about this. Yep. I'm go still trying to put my thoughts together. You can go first if you want to. Okay. Um, yeah, this was this was actually a really, really good episode. Like a lot happened, and it just shows that these these six kingdoms, when they all come together, they can become something incredible. And the fact that you know it is also interesting that I'm glad they that that the the people decide not to run. Because if they did, they would have fell into right into um, Kajima's trap. And, you know, if they had, you know, if Goroje is the guy that um, that was he was imposter, that he was trying to disguise himself as. Um, if he hadn't shown up in time, they probably would have gotten that ship and they probably would have thought everything was going to be okay if they had not decided to check um, the backpack, see what the messages were in. And, like, Fun fact. So, um, Iroki, the previous tofu, uh, I guess ruler, you'll say this. She's actually the first Black Ranger in Sentai history. Believe it or not, not counting not well, counting the Gokaijus because okay, they did, they just the Sentai, right? thing. Okay, because Hyperforce had a Black Ranger yes. that was female. Yeah, I know. I didn't count. I didn't. I didn't count. Um, Power Rangers. I just count like Sentai wise. I think a lot of my, yeah. No, well, it was only three. Uh, no, <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say it was I only think three, but that's it. A lot of my thoughts on this episode, I I kind of already spoke about last episode because last episode was more of the the substance, and this episode was more of kind of like the stylistic payoff for a lot of the substance that was dropped last episode. Um, it was still, it was cool to see a lot of interactions. Like it was cool to see a Rita and Kagaraki's predecessors pick up arms and fight to let them rest. It was cool to see Jeremy and his mom reunite officially for the first time. It was just nice. There was just some really cool little character interactions and moments. And I guess deserve spotlight moments for characters that kind of needed them just for the sake of having them. Um, but yeah, this was just nice payoff for the the last episode. Not much else to say. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I know that we compared the whole thing to uh, you know in game. I, I personally also, I don't know. The music was great. The music didn't give me in game vibes. It gave me more of like the uh, <clears throat> vibes I get when I'm watching like epic moments from Lord of the Rings. But hey, I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan too, so. I'm not well, aesthetically, 
aesthetically, this fits Lord of the Rings better anyway, <laughs> in a lot of ways. It, it yeah. had it had weird yeah. moments yeah. of yeah. Endgame vibes and Lord of the Ring vibes all put together. And like Nate, I'm here for all of it. Mm-hmm. Because to me, Endgame, oh, the yeah. movie, was the second to last really good Marvel movie we've gotten from the MCU. Um, yeah. Obviously, Patrick knows the other one. <laughs> the last good movie. What's, but what Spider Man No Way yeah. Home? No, yeah. I thought Guardians Spider-Man. Three yeah. was amazing, but that's yep. just me. I haven't seen it. I still haven't yeah. seen it yet, so um, I can't that, say you need you need to. But anyway, um, yeah, it gives really big vibes on that. Uh, the entire time, it just goes from epic close up scene of them battling, and the choreography is amazing for all of this. And then you pan out and you see a Lord of the Rings style battle where you see one army running to the other army and you Mm -hmm. see like the class and them like zooming in for a split second on this guy fighting, this person fighting. And it's it's just, it's epic. Yeah, I have no other words to put except for epic. Yeah, like the Pelennor, like on the level of like the Pelennor Fields battle from Return of the King. Yeah. Maybe the Black Gate battle. I prefer the Pelennor Fields battle more mm-hmm. than the Black Gate battle. Pelennor is better to me. I Honestly, Helm's yeah. Deep vibes are kind of high here too. Oh, yeah. Helm's Deep. Yeah. Helm's Deep is one we can all agree on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But no, this. One, one more thing, though. Um,. You know what low-key kind of remind me of, too, just a tiny bit? And I know that you might not agree, and that's fine. I just kind of, like, noticed it, too. It had a tiny, small midget version. It gave me kind of destruction, too, from Power it Rangers. What vibes? It gave me that Countdown vibe. Countdown to though, destruction like, the because the civilians. Countdown civilians coming to help the Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can, I see, can it. see it. Because that is the only time yeah. in Power Rangers where that's happened, yeah. also. Yeah. Yeah. And it gave mm-hmm. me similar vibes to when Bump mm-hmm. and Skull were like, let's get out there. No, like, it gives yeah. me similar vibes to when they say, I'm yeah. a Ranger too. No, I'm a Ranger. I'm the Red Ranger. I'm the Pink Ranger. I'm Spartacus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you get a Morpher? No, I am the Silver Ranger. Oh, Professor Prometheus, I think it's Yeah. Name. No, Phenomenus said he was the Red Ranger. Phenomenus, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The old guy did say, the, some yeah. old guy did say he was the Silver Ranger. He had to, like, count on his fingers, so, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, he's like, wait. Uh, but <laughs> no, uh, Nate, this is a 10. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is... This is one where even if you guys weren't going to give it tens, I was going to give it ten. I'm not holding back. <laughs> yeah, same here. Oh, I'm giving it ten regardless. <laughs> if I give it eleven, I would give it eleven. Oh, if yeah. I could give something higher than ten, I would give the, this a higher than ten. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not holding back on this episode. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the final episode. We will rule the world. Pretty much, this whole thing is. Uh, the final battle with Dog Dead. Uh, all six King Nojers transform and they begin uh, battling Dog Dead. Um, Yamba's Inca Sopa gang, they're able to create a substitute for Jeremy's eternal life uh, by using a, a crystallized life of the Shoe Gods as a new source. Um, 
Jeremy defeats Karo Jim in battle, and Desnarak drags him back into uh, Hakapaka. Um, so that's pretty cool. It's so oh, hilarious to me that Desnarak just comes back, and then he also drags his mofo back with him to Hakapaka. Like, <laughs> I you're coming came with back me. To li- I came back to life despite you in particular. <laughs> It's like, yeah, yeah, you're the yeah, real I'm dead, so screw you. <laughs> um, so the Odors, they corner Dog Dead, and he enlarges. Uh, so the Odors, they harness the life energy as power. It's kind of similar to what, uh, much better, I want to clarify, because I don't want to compare this to an eh Power Ranger season, but it's kind of similar to that part of the Mystic Force finale where they harness the power to get their powers back, but it's done better because they're harnessing Nah, bro. Them. Hold up. I got a better example this, for you. This is Anthony, Spirit you know Bomb. Yes. This is Spirit Bomb. <laughs> yeah. Genki Dama. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. This Spirit Bomb moment, baby. This ain't yep. no this ain't no Mystic Force nonsense. This is a full-on, lend me your strength and let's form a big energy ball to crush our enemies. And... Yes. I do want to. I do. I do want to talk about this moment Pretty for a brief second too, because this kind of brings goes back to the point I was talking about earlier about them being so you know supportive of their community and having the people willing to come back and help them. This wouldn't have been possible if they didn't have the the people of their countries like them. Yeah, because they needed every exactly. person on this planet to do to do this to make this work so like you said mm-hmm. why did we follow this particular group of king ogres this is why right here this moment the whole world is united yeah. behind them which is probably something that's never happened I in mean, their history before <laughs> it, it says a lot that mm-hmm. These people are willing to fight and to possibly die while their kings are eating their dinner to try and regain their strength so that they can fight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have, that, they have that goofy moment where they all start to laugh and make jokes and stuff while there's an epic battle going on next to them. But to the people's minds and even to the King Ocher's mind, they needed that sense of normalcy for a minute to recuperate. Mm-hmm. Because if you were going into battle with high anxiety, mm-hmm. couldn't function, you'd be a hot mess. So the people provided them the cover yeah. to regroup in a way that the good guys normally don't get to get. So... Mm-hmm. That comes down to these kings being so dang beloved. And mm-hmm. queen. Because Himeno is an absolute freaking queen. Yeah. <laughs> but but anyway, uh, they're able to harness that life energy. And that allows them to unlock uh, God King Ogre's um, final. And they... Um, they battle Dog Dead in his little pocket dimension where Gira makes, you know, a speech about like Link souls and like hopes and dreams being stronger than anything Dog Dead has. And that motivates the shoe gods. It sends them into a literally burning resolve. Like, you know, they start burning. Um, 
Mm. And they deal a fatal blow to Dog Dead, which sends him crashing back to Shaquille. And then all six of the King Ogres finish him off with a final blow together. And Dog Dead, I mean, he gets Thanos. He goes up and dust. Like the way that people go up hang and dust. Hang on, hang on. I got it. He doggone it. No. Dog did. No, I'll do one better. Yeah, he dog died. He dog did. Dog did. Dog did. Okay, you know what? I'll give you that free pass for that stupid dad joke this time. That's one. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting my no sign for some reasons. No, no, no. We okay, both, we I, both I, are going to move the pause here so I can make this comment. I don't know what it is, Nate, but ever since we'd started doing Rail Rider podcast, the dad jokes keep flowing out of me and I can't stop them. I know. You are literally on the level of like Georgie Blue in terms of those stupid dad jokes. That's but horrible. I'm on the That's level a of horrible thing to think about. But I'm, all, but I'm also on the level of our Lord and Savior Marvelous in terms of badassery. Yeah, I don't know. Have you stabbed yourself in the foot to shoot somebody in the face? No, I didn't think so. <laughs> I would. He would if he could. If I had me. to, I would. Screw it. I'm supposed to be damned. That's probably anyway, my favorite moment, re- this moment, though. <laughs> I just don't know how to raise up my Bosco yet. It really is. <laughs> So uh, the King Ogres, they return to their people, you know, they cheer on their victories. Uh, Yama reveals, well, I still have the Shoe God soul. So even though the Shoe Gods were burned, I can still recreate them. And uh, we, you know, just a huge, like, you know, final battle victory celebration. And then we get our epilogue where Jeremy narrates the events they carried through after the battle. Um, the King Ogres initially attempted to unify all their kingdoms, but those plans fell through because they couldn't decide on a name for the new kingdom, which <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, but <clears throat> despite the unification not working out, all kingdoms still remain peaceful, open, you know, they're open to like the different cultures of the kingdoms. And that basically leaves room for eventual peaceful unification. And the series ends where, um, you know, Jeremy vows that the King Ogres will always protect Shaquille no matter what. And then he tells the audience, hey, it's up to you guys to continue this never-ending story. And that's how it happened. That's literally how Jeremy ends all of his narrations. I love that narration. And that happened. Dosa. Oh, that's that's how, that's how he says it. <laughs> we also got to take a moment to just commiserate Edgira's unfortunate luck that every time he thinks he can do an epic like Red Ranger moment, they knock him over and say, "Get out of here, punk!" Right? I'm like, get the guy a break, man. Like, just let him have it, bro. <laughs> it's how the season ended. Yeah, some things never change, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I want to give a shout-out to the uh, Megazord battle. Well, okay, like the mech battle with, uh, you know, Dog Dead. Because that, like, I, I I don't know many Sentais that have done this, but I, I really love final bat- battles between the main villains with the mechs. Like the Go-Wander final battle where they make that big speech to uh, – I can't remember what Vinjix's final forms counterparts was called. Um, uh, but. Uh, it's something 
what Humeki Stein, I think is what his name was. Something along that. Yeah. yeah. Like I think so. Yeah. Like one of my favorite uh final battles in Sentai is Bokenger because they like they make this really like and this is on par with like the Bokenger final battle, which I mean that's a compliment for me because like they make this they make this big speech to Gaja about like, you know, human life being like the ultimate treasure. And then they just beat him down with all of their like machines. Like um, th- this is on par with that. Like they make a huge speech about how you may be a God, but you know, we, we value life and you may play around with life as if it's just a toy to you, but life is can linked and it will continue on eternally. And that's more powerful than anything that you have bitch and then they and then they just beat him <laughs> like, it's yeah that, that that like in fact I, this might be my favorite final big bad villain versus mech battle because Sentai doesn't do that all the time like they like the Gokai oh, yeah. fight Actos Gill with Gokaio or something like that but mm-hmm. this this is the only mech final mech battle that might be on par with this may be the final battle with Dokoku and Shinkano, but yeah, just the charge of the origami getting blown off while they're charging the blade. I don't know. There's just something kind of badass about that. (laughs) We gotta get close to him. It is, yeah. (laughs) But even then, I would still say that this is pretty comfortable. This was a lot more uh, grandiose, grandiose, and cinematic. Man. This the this might uh-huh. be in terms of visual effects the best mech fight in all of Sentai. <laughs> just having King Oger grow inside of his little pocket dimension, and they literally had a Dragon Ball battle <laughs> where they're just throwing each other against walls, shooting beams <laughs> at one another. Like, what the heck is going on here? I know, like, me and both me and Riz were, like, thinking okay. about, like, Tenken Topo Guru and Logon. We had wished, we wished that we saw some guys. I mean, how okay. big his pocket this, dimension this was, was okay. close it's enough. Really <laughs> you just didn't see it well, visually, it really, close enough. It really could have happened. Right. And also, Nathan, if you like this type of mech battle, do yourself a favor and watch Tenken Topo Guru and Logon. Okay. Yeah, there's two ways to watch it. You can watch the 20... 20- 25, 24, at which uh, series, no, series, or you can watch the two movies that, that, that are based on it. Okay, I'll check it out. Well, he, if he watches the movies, you'll, he'll still get both of them, but like, it's, if you don't want to watch it through, sit through Anthony, all those episodes, the movies are Anthony, there too. It has options. Series. <laughs> I'll, add that to my, I'll add that to my list of things to watch after I'm done with Sentai. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, this is, I mean, I'm just going to give this out of the way. This is another 10 for me. And, I mean, and I tend to be, like, I do tend to give a lot of Sentai finales 10s because I think Sentai, I mean, not all of them, of course. Like, they're, like I didn't give the G-Ranger or Geki Ranger finales 10s. But you guys, you guys well, know you didn't like I mean. the like, dinosaur this, eggs? <laughs> you guys know how I feel about those stupid, stupid, no, stupid, no. stupid dinosaur eggs. No, trust me, I relate. It was the most useless plot line in any Sentai ever. <laughs> but, 
I would prefer to cook <laughs> better honestly. Yeah, no, give me a a, a, a T Rex <laughs> omelet. It'll be a better use of those things. Than what Zoo Ranger did with them. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> no, but I, I love like the you know epilogue where we're seeing like uh, like how the kingdoms are interacting with each other because that's another thing that I love that this season did. Like it really emphasized like the differences in cultures with those kingdoms because I. I remember watching like the first couple of episodes and thinking, okay, I hope like, okay, they're doing a good job of establishing this, but I really hope that they don't just abandon that midway through the series or something. They didn't. And that plays a part in this finale. Like, yeah, that might be my favorite. Go ahead. The shot of seeing the other kingdoms teaching other kingdoms, their cultures, like, like the, Nogasopa teaching other kingdoms like tech. Like, shout out to that one Bugnarot guy who understood technology. <laughs> shout out. Right. He's like, no, yeah. you gotta do this and then hit this <laughs> and then you get it. But it was it was cool to see like them teaching their cultures to the other kingdoms to try to like as like a sign of a unify uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A, a sign of unifying. Like, because it's clear yeah. that they're slowly seeking into the unifying the nations, and that's one way of doing it. Yeah, like they don't have to be like all, all like one big kingdom. They could just be six kingdoms yeah. who just coexist with each yeah. other. And that was the ultimate yeah. point. I I guess my only nitpick here, and this doesn't this doesn't affect my score, is I I kind of wish that they played the theme song of the show over the. Epilogue, because every Super Sentai season does that, where they play the theme song over, like, I, I don't think Shinkinger did it, but I do know Gokaiger did it when they were uh, flying away in the Galleon. Um, I, um... Yeah. Bokinger does it. Um, I, I, that's a, that's that a thing that I love. Shinkinger played its really emotional like, moment theme, which I think worked better. Because yeah. <laughs> it was a sorrow farewell, but... Yeah, I'm actually upset that the yeah. Kyoger thing never appeared in the final episode, because they didn't even play the intro. Yeah. So. Yeah. <clears throat> no, but that's I just like the minor thing. I'm not going to take off a point <laughs> there being no theme song. That's... I mean, yeah. it's it's still... The substance is still there, and it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like... I still like the visual of them when they killed Dog Dead... They just turned around and walked away and then high-fived each other as they walked. Like, they didn't make a big deal about it. They wanted to wait to celebrate until they got back to their people. Yeah. yeah and then they, they threw, like, a Super Bowl celebration party on the field after they got back to the, <laughs> to the people. I like, I like Yon Boys. Like, I love you, Raccoon Brains. I love how, like, brains. Uh, <laughs> I love how like uh the the bug yeah. are like just flinging. I love uh, the, I love this day. view. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. this view. <laughs> uh, Riz, what do you want to say about the finale? This finale is so flippant epic. Like, I I just love yeah. every second of it. Like the relation with the um the servants, the people. The King Ogers themselves, the entire thing, just there's nothing. I have no complaints. <laughs> I have nothing That's to complain rare. about. That's rare. 
I know, <laughs> right? <my> <laughs> You're usually the most critical person here. If I had a complaint, I'm no, gonna it's over. over. I thought it ended right where it needed to, perfectly. Yeah. Like nothing about this felt nothing about this yeah, felt like it overstayed its welcome. No, it didn't. It all felt mm-hmm. very organic. It felt like this entire series has maybe one or two filler episodes, I think. If even yeah. that. And even yeah. the filler episodes are like really good. And I'm looking at you, Clipso. You're not even a real clip show. You can't even be a clip show. You're a real that clip show. Was probably one of the most story important episodes of the season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. somehow. I mean, really? Like you can't fool you us. Tried to, you tried to fool me by thinking, "Oh, it's a clip show. I better ignore it." Nope. No. Nope. <laughs> this is oh, important got, information for the test. <laughs> nope. But no, legitimately, like this. <laughs> this is such a great ending and it's because of the characters it's because of the side characters it's because of the villains and just the story that they're telling it's all very well woven together and honestly nate if the sentai writer comes back this might take on the status of goat writer for sentai i'm sorry i i literally said that in the chat that this Person has the potential to be better than Yasuko mm-hmm. Kobayashi. So I'm not, yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you on that. Yeah, like ten out of ten. That's all I'm going to say. Eleven yeah. out of ten if I'm allowed to, but ten out of ten. Most ten definitely. out of ten. Oh, I'm trying to look up who the writer uh, of the next sentence yeah. is. But you were going to say something, Anthony. You so you guys remember earlier. Earlier when I said that I could buy, like, with Gear of Stocks, I could buy 20 mansions. Did I say 20? I meant 60. <laughs> it's like, it's 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 that yeah. freaking high. Like, wow. Like, um, But you were just giving a 10 to the uh, finale, right, Riz? Yeah. Uh, what about Patrick and Anthony? Yeah, I'll give it a 10 also. Oh, you already gave you know I gave I, I, I when we started this this three parter I said and I quote I'm giving all tens throughout the entire thing. He has a point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're fair warned, Nate. What are you gonna give it? What, what are you gonna give it? I, I I already said I was gonna give it a ten when I started talking about okay, it. Okay, then. Ten, yeah. So, 10 out of 10, probably best finale of any Sentai. Yeah, yeah, it's up there. And by the way, it doesn't look like... I don't know, I was looking up who the head writer of uh, of uh, Boom Boomger is. It looks like a guy who's done a lot of anime work. I don't think he's been on Sentai before, but I don't know. We'll Ooh, see. What anime? Like, he's worked on a lot of... He's actually done a lot of Pokemon stuff and Dragon Ball stuff. So, uh, his name is uh, Tell Me. Uh, yeah, Super. Super. If you did Dragon Ball Super, I got some things here. Well, if he plays it, if, if they play it more comedic, I think that might work out better, which it yeah. looks like it might be more comedic. <clears throat> it's more parody, I hope. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the Manda Car Ranger sequel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
No, no, um, me well, either. He did work on one. He did work. He did write one Sentai episode for one Sentai. Please don't. Oh, no. It's Ghost Danger. Damn it. Uh oh. <clears throat> Wind chimes <laughs> intensifies. <laughs> please let Boom Boom should be good, please. Especially after we just got this amazing Sentai. But if it's a parody, if it's. If it's one of those Sentais that's stupid, knows it's stupid, and embraces yeah. how stupid <clears throat> it is, I'll accept that. Well, see, it was the theme for the last two car Sentais. Car Ranger and Go Onger were both goofy, so... Yeah, <clears throat> so I, I can deal with that. <clears throat> yeah. But uh, let's uh, jump into, uh, you know, just analyzing uh, King Oger. Uh, do, uh, you know, we're going to talk about what the villains... Do we want to talk about... Dog that a bit more because I think we've already kind of spoken everything we need to say. I don't think they added anything more to them than we've already discussed. So I did. I do want to talk that. Yeah, no, I do want to say that I'm glad they gave Desmond Rock a little bit of closure here by because they did kind of establish at the end of his arc in the first half of the season that he wasn't necessarily evil per se he was just us like a victim of discrimination almost and they brought him back to life and they found out that wait a minute the discrimination wasn't a human's fault it was your fault i'm beating you up and i'm dragging you to hell with my own hands (laughs) so so desnerat got desnerat got uh, a nice little bit of closure so i do think in hindsight i like his i like his character a lot more than uh, initially led on <clears throat> yeah no. no but now we do <laughs> yeah yeah these, these, these villains i mean they're not on par with like the i wouldn't say that they're like on par with like the complexities and like of like the jet band villains but they're they're fun villains like they're not boring and forgettable like mm-hmm. no like, they all have personality they all have personality, but if I had to give this show one weakness, I think its villains were very, I guess, simplistic. Yeah, they all had. They were more so. They were more so devices to be obstacles than they were actual characters. Like, yeah, Jetman is still the standard for villains. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can agree with you on that. That's the mm-hmm. one thing that Jetman had really going for it. I felt. Oh, that yeah. guy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I everything mean, else. Eh. I mean, I'll, I'll give you know these villains credit, but I feel like Dog Dad has a much bigger threat factor than what we're used to seeing in Sentai. Like, yeah, only, yeah. That the only villain that I feel like may have <clears throat> a slightly bigger that might have like a threat factor that could begin to approach it is the. Uh, I mean, oddly enough, maybe the main villain of. Uh, of change man but they don't really emphasize it that much but like i mean he was a really big like cosmic level type of you know villain okay. anyway with dog dead but and i'm not and i mean change man's villains are good but i mean i'm not but yeah i would say that they do a better better job of like emphasizing just like the phenomenal like cosmic powers I know I just made it a Latin reference, but whatever. To uh, <laughs> 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 you beat me to it, Patrick. 
Huh? You beat me to it. I mean, Aladdin's my favorite Disney movie. I had to make the reference. <laughs> I'm br- I'm brown. I have to be my favorite. <laughs> um, what's a what's a going to um? You know, we'll we'll talk about the uh, the characters now. Like, let's go over each of the Rangers. Each of us can do that, and uh, we uh, just rank them from uh, best to worst. I know that that's. I don't even want to say worst because none of these characters are terrible. It's just who's the lowest by default. <laughs> kind of like how we put Mako, I'll put Mako as like the worst Shinkinger. Like, okay, when you compare her to the other Shinkinger, she's not as great, but is she a bad ink? No. No. <laughs> no. Uh, who wants to go first with that? Better in your. Um. <laughs> Uh, Time Ranger still fresh on our minds. It's very obvious. Um, <laughs> I'll I'll go. I'll I'll probably give. I I still say Jimeno's my favorite. I just like her her overall like her like empathetic side. That's very strong with her. Uh, Jeremy's too. Uh, Yanma, Gira, Rita, and Kagaraki. I still think Kagaraki was severely under underhandled. He has he had a lot more going for him as the season went along, especially when it was established that he he un, he knew that Arachlis was um you know that he had his plan and he was kind of like his inside guide, making sure that his plan stayed true to form. But I don't think that did enough for his actual character to put him up any higher than this. Um, if I may, though, I do want to put Arachlis maybe. I do want to put him on this list somewhere, though, because I think yeah. he more than deserves it at this point. And that's the um, case. I might want to put him number three above Yanma, just because his whole his whole story is probably the best character arc or the best character story of any Ranger in Sentai history. Because, yeah. man, I, I don't know what else to say about him. <laughs> Anthony, do you want to go? Fair enough. Yeah, I'm not going to complain about that. Fair enough.
gap. That makes sense. Uh, Riz? This is so hard. <laughs> uh, okay. Obviously, Jimenez, number one. I think... I have a hard time with this, because I think they're all so fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing that sucks about having great all six characters being great. Yeah, like... Everyone has to be last. Well, okay, so here's the thing. I, I like them all for so many different reasons that I can't just... can't just put one, you know, like, next. Like, it's hard. Um, I will say that Himeno, Yanma, Rita, Kagaragi, Zermi are all S-tier characters to me. Uh, Gira is a high A, low S tier. I can't decide where to put that boy yet. But yeah, if I'm if I'm going to rank them, okay, I'm not going to try and rank them by like who I like better from this season. I'm going to rank them on like color. Yeah, because I think that's easier. Yeah, that's fair. Himeno, best yellow to me. I've given this a lot of thought. I know Domon was the guy that I was bragging and praising like one episode ago. But Himeno just hits very different to me. Like, Domon's still a very solid number two, but Himeno has number one for me. Um, Rita is the best purple, white, pink, whatever category you want to call that. Um, yeah, I'm putting her in the same category as pink and white. Like, Yeah, I'm using your tier list for that, like your color list. Uh, Yanma's number one, right ahead of, uh... ISA. ISA. I was blanking on the guy's name for a second. Uh, Kagaragi is not number one for me. Like, he's probably gonna end up... If we, if we blend black and green, I would say that he's probably top five, top ten at worst because you got characters like guy you got characters like Kiyaki. i'm sure there are other characters that i'm gonna like more than him down the line but joe um no uh black condor um i said black condor i thought you oh you did okay yeah i said uh, guy i can i oh guy yeah i there's a couple of others i can think of off the top of my head that i would probably like more than him too yeah I'm curious, Pepe, Mega would Black. you put Mega Black ahead of him? Yes, absolutely. I would put Mega Black <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So, I think, uh, who does that leave for me? Uh, Jeremy is the best six ranger, hands down. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. Gira, I mean, okay, so, I understand Anthony's huge rise in stock for him. I have a huge rise in stock for him as well. But I don't think he can beat out Marvelous and Takaru. Mm -mm. But he definitely makes a really good case for being in that top five, top ten territory. So, yeah. That's where I'm going to leave it. Uh, what about Rackless? Rackless is probably the best extra ranger 
And I also think Patrick's correct in saying that he's got one of the best Sentai stories of all time. I have a question for you, Nate, real quick before you go into it. Where would you put Kagaraki in comparison to Jiraiya? Because I think he's an underrated character in terms of Uh, Black Rangers. (laughs) Yeah, that's a tough one. I like I know, right? Like, uh, like, well, I love my boy Jiraiya. <laughs> I would rank, I would rank Kagura. Well, okay, I'll get to that in a second, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's really tough. Um, yeah, <laughs> but uh, for my rankings, uh, I mean, so I'm putting Jeremy first. Uh, he was my favorite character, plus he's also. I'm still gonna say that Boken Silver is my favorite sixth ranger for selfish reasons but if i rank top five i still put jeremy as number one even though i have Boken silver there for selfish reasons uh rita's number two i mean she's she's the best you know i really love your character uh yama number three best blue ranger i literally said this like going in like going into the sentai i'm all like man i just say he's the goat blue ranger nobody is ever going to top him and then here comes yama and says hello allow me to introduce myself and that's exactly what happened. Um, I'm going to put Rackless after Yama just because, I mean, the only extra ranger character that's on par with him, and even then, I don't even want to count him as an extra ranger, even though Gokaiger does, it would be Hyuga. But let's be honest, Hyuga's more of a sixth ranger than he is. In- yeah. Hyuga's a great character, though. We're going to get familiar with him in a little bit because Ginga Man yeah. is next, but. He like, he's it, not on Rackless's level. I know. Um, <clears throat> then I'm putting now. I'm putting Himeno after Rackless, not because I like. I still like her probably as much as you guys. Amazing yellow, but the reason mm-hmm. why I'm putting her down here is because I mean she's still not like. She's either two or three for yellow for me. Still an amazing yellow, um, <clears throat> and. Maybe when I rewatch the show again, which I'm going to, spoiler alert, maybe he meant number one. But, uh, but who, um, who had your number one? Domon? Yeah, Domon. And then yeah. number two would be. Okay, it, it's Kotoha for very selfish reasons. Himena was a better character than Kotoha. I know. Very selfish. I mean, I, mean like, I respect it. I respect it. I, re- I don't I agree with it, it, but I respect it. I don't agree. It. Yeah. No, yeah, exactly. I mean, I will say that I do think Domon is a better written character than Himeno, but I still think I might like Himeno more personally than Domon, which is saying a lot yeah. given how much I just kissed Domon's butt all throughout the Time Ranger right? review. <laughs> I mean, okay, so when we were doing the Time Ranger series, I kept thinking to myself, man, I'm making some bold claims saying that Domon's the best yellow when I know Himeno might beat him. But mm-hmm. I still made the claims anyway, because stocks yeah. are rising, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, then I put Gira. I mean, just because I'm feeling tempted to put him in my top five nowadays for <clears throat> Sentai Reds, but he's still not number one. It would probably be Takeru still for me. That, yeah. that, that's the main reason why he's still low. I, I put some of these characters low, not because I think they're bad, but because, like, there are some of these where I legitimately think like this is the best sick ranger, this is the best blue, but is Gira the best red? I, I don't think we can ever make yeah. that. <laughs> and uh, 
Then I'm going to put Kaguragi last. I think he's a great black. I'd probably, I'm probably going to have to redo my top fives. Maybe I'll take out a Cure You Black Ian from there and like put him in. But, um, yeah. and I, I'd probably rank him, I would rank him ahead of, uh, I would rank him ahead of Abar Black for sure. I really like Asuka, <clears> but <throat> I think he's Abar Black. Um, but, okay. I'm going to give myself a headache trying to decide whether or not I like him better than Jiraiya. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I, I gave, think, I I gave you something to think about, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Who is uh, Jiraiya? Ninja, Ninja Black. Black Kakaranger. Okay. Um, Love that dude. Uh, he's so cool. <laughs> yeah, but he's not better than Guy. I mean, he's not better no. than Guy. Guy will always be the Goat Black. Uh, okay, Shinken Green and Black Condor <laughs> would be the yeah. Shinken Green and Black Condor would be the the leads on this category. <clears throat> yeah, and he's still a great black, um, very great mm -hmm. character. He's but yeah, he's still at the bottom because like like you guys kind of said, he didn't really become interesting until like the last like we were approaching the home stretch of the series. Like I the guess. last 12, 13 episodes. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't even so, because okay. of his character. It was because of his role in the story. Well, mm. okay. So I think if we had watched the movie when it's the, when we sort of like back in the episode 20 era, we might've had a different opinion about Kakaragi, honestly. Yeah, that's fair. Because the the <laughs> revelations we had in the season were heavily brought up in the movie. I'll go yeah, back and watch true. it sometime. Yeah, I think we, 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 we can review the movie just because we don't want to yeah. we don't want to let King Oger go. We can review that movie. Oh no, we got to <laughs> we got to do that movie. Then we got to do the uh, verse Don Brothers. Then we got to do the verse Kyoto Ryuzer. Oh, I want to do that versus Cure You Drink so bad. Oh, man, that's really so great. Because <clears throat> don't they have King's actor coming back for that movie? Yeah, yeah. I think no. They showed the tra they showed the trailer. Cure You Red and Cure You Gold are back. Oh, thank Nate, you. go look at my Instagram later on. <clears throat> okay, I posted a photo a couple of weeks ago <clears throat> of them showing King in the background walking back. Mm -hmm. And they also have. I also saw a photo the other day of Utsi. Oh, yeah, he's awesome. he's gonna be there. And whoever purple is, I forgot her name. Yeah, Yoi. Yeah. Yeah, Yoi. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, she's gonna be back too. Sure, you that's violent. I, that's what I saw. Oh, yeah. Wow. <clears throat> it was on Reddit a couple of days ago. Now. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> that's true. Now I have probably the most important question of the night for you three. And we okay. can use that to transition to like, <clears throat> if I'm thinking what it is, we can use that to transition to the next section. Where does this season rank for you guys? Two. Behind Sinkins are still? For one very important reason for me personally, and it's because Shinkenger's characters are still grounded, and I prefer grounded characters. I love the King Oger characters a lot. But they don't have that same kind of like day to day life personal conflict that the Shinkinger characters have. And I'm, I found myself more emotional 
when it came to the Shinkenger cast and their problems and stuff that they went through. And that means a lot more to me. King Oger is the better season. I will say that. I think King yeah. Oger is better than Shinkenger, but the emotional connection I have with Shinkenger, nothing's going to break that. But yeah, but going into the finale, Time Ranger was sitting at number two for me, and this beats Time Ranger out of the water easily. I mean, that wasn't a hard thing to beat out the water, though, to me. No, but I mean, even then, the, the gap between Shinkenger and Time Ranger was a large gap for me to begin with anyway. But yeah, this, it this was fits, a huge gap. This fits snugly into number two with ease. Yeah. So Time Ranger sits at three, and... When we get done with our Ginga Man watch through, that'll determine what's three and four because I'm I'm sure Ginga Man's going to be up there with those two, <laughs> even after the rewatch. Yeah. All right, Anthony. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're thinking Sin Cancer, then King Oozer, then what? Yeah. Mm. Okay. <laughs> and Nate. Um, I I feel so I feel guilty taking this Sentai out of my top five. Just be not King Oger, this different Sentai that I'm about to name. Because I've always wanted to have like a Showa era Sentai in my top five, which is why I always had Live Man there. But Life I Man. feel I feel tempted to take Live Man out. So um, and I don't know. I'll know more after we watch Ginga Man because Ginga Man was number five for me. After number four was Live Man, but I would, I would, you know, kind of like how Patrick acknowledges that like Shinkinger, like King Oger is the better written series. I acknowledge that King Oger on a straight up like quality level is way better than this Sentai. I. Yes, this is better than Jetman at the end of the day. And I still think Shinkinder is better than Jetman from a writing quality standpoint, too. Mm-hmm. I, I put Jetman as number one for selfish reasons, but I would still put King Ocher there at number two. I would rank yeah. this ahead. Um, Shinkinder, that, it gets bogged down to number three then for me, um, which puts Time Ranger at four. And right now I want to put Gingaman at five. It depends on how our review goes. Uh, mm-hmm. It's either going to be Ginga Man or Life Man for number five for me. So, but, but yeah, this Sentai is so good that I kind of have to break my rule to have at least a one show or a season in my top five. <laughs> it's that good. I have to break my own rule. That's a silly rule to have to begin with, though. Just Thanks. pick the season based on merit. <laughs> What's that? The show or needs some love. No, they do, but they gotta earn the love, damn it. Lightman <laughs> will earn that love when we watch it. I'm actually I'm actually looking forward to when we eventually watch that season because I've heard yeah. not just from you, but from a lot of people that Live Man is good. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, King Oster takes that first spot over Sinkinzer. 
because unlike you, Patrick, I don't care about the grounded characters as much as I care about the over the top stuff like this. I mean, it's it's all perspective, so I understand yeah. it. Yeah, and then I have the eternal mm. debate in my mind still of Gokai's or Sinkins or who's better, because for my very selfish reasons, Go-Kaisers my, my Gokai's are yeah. right, <clears throat> but I will still admit Sinkins are the better written series, but Gokai's are. Mm has a very strong emotional bond to me, just like how you have that emotional bond with Sinkinzer. Yep. So, Gokaiser 2, and then Sinkinzer 3. After mm-hmm. that, it gets a little fuzzy, because while I like Time Ranger a lot, I don't know if I can give the credit here for it being number 4. Just because I am at, I'm at a bit of a disadvantage compared to y'all in terms of what I've seen. Yeah, so fair enough. <clears throat> it's well, hard for me to give Time Ranger because it feels unearned. Well, hopefully, I mean, hopefully, when we watch Ginga Man and like Go Busters and all that, it'll help you put some things into. Perspective. Well, no, Go Busters is that. That's the thing. I think Go Busters and Kiyu Ryuzer are two sentai. I can't. I can't speak tonight. No, it's it's a tongue twister title. I've always had yeah. a hard time pronouncing it correctly. <laughs> well, okay, it has like four syllables before you get to the Ryuzer part. <laughs> yeah, <I> know, right? <laughs> so I I really think if we're talking about personal me loving this thing, I got more hype watching Q Ryuzer <clears throat> than I did with some of Time Ranger. Yeah, that's so, now that might be the most bold comment anybody said in this video so far. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean time time ranger had some really big emotional moments, but I I base my Sentai more on how much does this pump me up and get me hype and excited, you know? Yeah. And Time Ranger hits me on the emotional dramatic level, but does it get me hyped up and pumped up to ready to fight? Not as much. The Doman really helps that day. The one thing I want to add. Go ahead. No, you can go. No, I mean, I I was going to use that to kind of transition to like, you know, what I would also give my final. My comment was a throwaway line, so who cares? Just go. (laughs) Throw it away. Let's hear it. I was about to say, I will I will agree that if you want to talk about hype, Kyoryu Carnival was kind of sick, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> that whole, that awesome. whole mode was awesome. Right, and it's stuff like that that made me like it more. It just yeah. had, it was just more fun to me. It's a fun season. It's not anything groundbreaking, not something you can write home about, but it's still stupid fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun. I have a laundry list of issues with that season, but it not being fun is not one of them. It is a fun right. season, but <laughs> and I feel like when I've rewatched it with y'all for the podcast, we'll have a different. I'll have a different opinion from today. Yeah, in fact, I know I will. Yeah. But for right now, I do want to give some love to it because I still think it has some really epic moments. <clears throat> but uh, what I wanted to say, like honestly, if when I do revisit this Sentai, I'm, I would probably, there's a chance I might feel tempted to put it ahead of Jetman, if only just because, like, that. this is the first Sentai that I've watched while it was airing in, like, 10 years, and honestly, like, 
like I, I watched Gokaidra when it was airing and loved it. And uh, I do remember following Kyori Yudra a little bit. I had to watch Tokyo because we were podcasting with it. But this is Tokyo. The, this is like like I I loved Gokaidra, but this was like another one of those shows where like I this was on a, like a whole different level where when I'm watching it. I want to know what's going to happen, like, you know, with all, like, the watching experience was just a little bit better for me than it was watching Gokaidra was airing, and not only that, but it's also very special because this is the first Sentai that I got back to after taking a huge long break, like, literally 10 years. I haven't watched anything after Tokyo, and that's why it's also you, special. You, you watched a little bit of Ninja and Zero let's not forget. Oh, also, the Ozer has a spot in my top five. I can't forget about them. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. But, like, yeah. this is the first one I've watched from start to finish since Tokyo, and it didn't disappoint. And yeah. that that's why, like, like honestly, like, that's why I want to say that, like, this Sentai is amazing. It probably will be my number one, like, especially after I revisit it. But, like... It moves a little too fast for its own good in terms of story sometimes, but this this is like I, I would honestly say that like fifty years into the future, this would be like a groundbreaking Sentai that embraces storytelling and writing in a way that I've never seen Sentai before. And I know I said that about Jetman, and I still stand by that. I mean, you guys will know that Jetman kind of changed the storytelling, at least you guys haven't seen the older Sentai, so you don't really know what I'm talking about. But that Jetman yeah, I mean, was like, yeah, but they didn't but, have a good follow through after that with Zero Ranger. Yeah, I know. That's not that's not Jetman's fault though. <laughs> no, but they didn't learn the lessons and apply it to the next season after. Dang it. Yeah, well, it it took them a little bit. I mean, Die Ranger did try, and then tick me off in the process. <laughs> like. <laughs> but like the way that they like move beyond like they were talking about wanting to take sentai in a different direction and i still need to see the sentai that came out but this took the different direction to like a whole new level like i remember when riz was like saying like hey cosmic fury are you watching because this is the better series that like moved away from like the monster of the week type of plot and it's like yeah mm -hmm. i mean this is like i mean cosmic fury is you and king Ojer is literally the guy that she tells you not to worry about like that is mm -hmm. that is how king like with how amazing this is and i yeah. if there was ever a sentai i wanted to give a 10 out of 10 it would be King Oger. I'm going to take maybe 0 0.2 points off just because maybe the villains aren't amazing and or something like that. But those are the only cons. But this is like still a 9.8 out of 10 for me. Like this is mm -hmm. like, I don't know. Like if this is what the, if, if the Rewa era of Sentai and that's everything like after Ryu Soldier is this good, then the Rewa era... I mean, please continue to let this Raywire era be good because if this is what the Raywire era has to offer, then I'm willing to sit through how terrible Mean Ninja is just to get to the good stuff. And yeah, I'm giving it a nine point out of eight out of ten. I really want to give it a ten, but I, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I shouldn't. 
Shin Kenjir was my only season I'd give a 10 to, but I think this one deserves a 10 alongside it because this is the first time I've legitimately watched the Sentai where I've questioned Shin Kenjir's placement on my tier list. But the fact that it even made me question it makes it warrant a 10 for me. <laughs> yeah. 10? Yeah. 10.1. The thought the the I'm accounting for inflation from all the stock rising we've done. You're you're that guy on the wheel of fortune who bets something in a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> twenty and one twenty dollars one cent. Yeah. Well, but anyway, dick about it. Anybody but, have uh, other closing thoughts they want to add? <laughs> the king. Yeah. I, okay, that, I will say though, I was never a fan of that chant. <laughs> that was probably the one thing about King Ocha that annoyed me was the The Gokai the Gokai chant was better. Yeah, I Yeah. 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 I, oh Spider Kimono had a great one. I always like the uh, Cure Yudra Gabba Revolver jingle. Oh, dude, Oh, the yeah. dance. The dance was cool. Yeah. The dance. The dance. I can't wait to see them do that full team dance again in the crossover movie. It'll oh be nice God, to see I'm all of so them together ready. doing that again. Yeah, we're, we're totally going to oh, have to review that. And they got King and Prince in the crossover together. So we. Did you see the pre. Did you, in the preview, did you see King's. Did you see King's new costume? No, I haven't. You, they show they put up a trailer for it and Kyuri Red gets a brand it's getting a brand new outfit and it looks ridiculous. <laughs> and I mean that in a cool way. <clears throat> okay, we gotta go I'm gonna check it out after this, but yeah. Yeah, you have to look up the trailer. But the point is, guys who are listening, King Ogre is an amazing Sentai, and if you haven't watched it yet, well then you should uh, stop listening to this podcast and go watch it right now. Like, Why were you listening to us in the first place? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Because if you don't go and watch it, I will find you. And I am not joking. <laughs> Nathan, I'm going to throw out a disclaimer now. We here at Anime Secrets do not condone the actions of Nathan to stop you as to go stalk you in public. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure my wife would also be really angry with me if I did my, that. I will my, call your wife and let her know. Like, Rizwan is like, my lawyer has asked me to disclose that we do not condone his behavior. <laughs> but, yeah. But anyway, guys, uh, so um, that wraps up. Uh, we're we're not going to be done with uh, King Odra. We'll still take a look at the movie and the crossover movies uh, just because, I don't know, kind of like much like how we – Decided to take a look at the Gokai or ten years after. Wait, this is just one Sentai that we don't want to let go. So let's just squeeze yeah. as much as we can out of this Sentai. Um, but uh, with that being said, uh, we will be covering a uh, Boom Boomger. Uh, we'll cover the first episode when we get a chance. We do have some issues uh, regarding our personal lives that'll kind of make us have to hold back on that just a little bit. But we'll get on that as soon as we can. Uh, Riz and I are going to be taking a look at, uh, you know, the next episode about Rail Riders, that uh, fan Tokyo adaption production. Um, 
We got, you know, uh, we are going to be working on Gingaman uh, very soon in a couple of um, couple of weeks, maybe a month, taking a look at Gingaman. We're really looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, we got all sorts of things prepared for you. And uh, hopefully Boom Boomger will, I'm not going to say it's going to be in quality on King Oger, but again, if it's a stupid Sentai, knows that it's stupid and embraces how stupid it is, then we'll have some fun with it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're looking forward to testing that out. Um, so uh, if you're watching this video on YouTube, uh, please like the video, subscribe to the channel if you're not already subscribed, leave comments with your thoughts on King Oger down below if you're watching if you're listening to this on spotify or itunes we appreciate that and you guys can give us feedback at animesecrets.org where you can also watch the uh, animated classified and uh to and uh, jedi squadron podcasts um and that about wraps this up uh once again we thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to us and we'll see you guys next time in our next podcast but until that time you guys stay safe we love you and may the power protect you <laughs>